chums welcome back to pack your mics the top chef podcast from the creators of read it and weep this is our seattle rewatch club and today we're talking about season 10 episode 14 of top chef i believe it's called kings of alaska and we have a panel of royalty here with us uh, my name is alex i'm in los angeles with megan hey buddy Hello. Also joining us from Northern California, it's Ezra and Sarah, and somewhere in the background, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Hello. This, this is, is Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're doing right now. It's pretty. That's fun. Um, yeah, you, you, and, and like Megan was saying, you can watch that continuously from now till Christmas. It's like a coverall for October, November, December. You have to walk it, watch it backwards at some point, though, I think. Right? Like, you know, after, I think, you know, when, if you're getting like December 12th on, you have to like somehow like. Like break up into halves and watch the first half. The you just start with the boogie song. The boogie <laughs> song. You've got to invert it for all yeah. the tonight yeah. out there. <laughs> also joining us from Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Ahoy, hoy. Yes, we are here. Hello. And rounding on the panel in Los Angeles as well, it's New Sarah and Kyle. Hey guys. Crab. <laughs> <laughs> for our opening today, I have two questions for you. Uh, the first one is, well, you can decide which one we want to answer. The first one is Alaska. And then the second one is, uh, what's something that you prefer the cheaper version of instead of the fancier, expensive version mm-hmm. in honor of Sheldon's use of chum? Mm. Mm. That's really hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to take the first question first and say, yeah. Alaska! <laughs> Have you been? I haven't, but I'd love to go. Um, yeah. I, I very uh, I was close to having to go to Fairbanks for work last year, and I really wanted to, but uh, didn't quite work out. Megan's been to Fairbanks, that's yeah. true. Well, that's awesome. Tell me about <laughs> Fairbanks, Megan. Um, you know, I don't remember it very well. Okay. Uh, for Too some drunk. reason, it's, it's, she was I was extremely drunk, drunk through yeah. all of the early 80s. In fact, I don't, I was like completely blacked out the whole time. <laughs> uh, I couldn't really see colors very well for <laughs> could, a while. Could not recognize faces yet. Yeah. I was like, even that first face. I had trouble smiling at first. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Were, yeah. Your, were your tear ducts not working for a few months? Possibly. Possibly. I don't, that's a fact I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting fact. I assume you do from the way you said it. I guess it's a few days, not months. <laughs> um, it's interesting because it, um, one of the things about Alaska is that sometimes it's um, the sun is out all night. Would have been perfect. You couldn't sleep through the night yet. Mm. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I haven't been back since. So uh, <laughs> It was that a pretty traumatic. Like a really hard, yeah, that seems like a hard thing to live through. So I wouldn't go back to Alaska yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that to the people with their technical jackets. I went to a, a comedy festival in Alaska last year called Alaska Before You Die, which is very threatening sounding. Wow. Um, yeah, quite. Uh, and it was uh, it was real, real interesting. The state, beautiful. Um, the bar that we were in, a little too Wild West for me. A little wildernessy for a lot of our shows. Where in Alaska was this that you went? Um, we were in we were in Big Alaska. And what does that, um, what does that mean? <laughs> Do you we were, just mean like the bulky part of the state? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, we were just in the city. Um, in Anchorage, Anchorage? In Anchorage yeah, yeah, yeah that's just, what I was, yeah. you know, a city name. That's what I was hey, really look, hunting look, for. To be clear, I know it seems like I was being a dick, I was just trying to remember it's still early. <laughs> I was assuming I was assuming there was a city named Big. Yeah. I assumed that if I said if I just said the city, someone would say the name, and someone indeed did. And now I remember that it's called Anchorage, but I didn't want to say it that confidently because I was not positive that's what it was. Uh, mm. 
Well, yeah, yeah. No, that's valid. I mean, a longer flight now since you moved from big Oregon down to big California. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should call LA is the big island of California. I, I feel that there's enough big cities in California where LA should be biggest California. Oh, mm. yeah. And then San Francisco can be the biggest little California. Uh, you see, I was against it, but now I'm for it. <laughs> anyway, we were in Anchorage. You can hand paint the, that on a sign. The like the home base of this festival was at a bar called Chilkoot Charlie's, and um, one of the rooms, all the walls are covered with uh, used underwear. Because mm. if you take off your underwear and staple to the wall, they give you a free drink, which, depending on how much you pay for your underwear, is not a good deal. That's Wait, I, not this is my to I don't like. I don't. I don't like anything about that. No, <laughs> I didn't either. I refused to perform in that room. I got traded to the other room because that's gross. On the wall that's, there. Like, that's like a syphilis room. Um, on the on the wall there, a lot of dead things, which I also don't care for. Mm. Mm. Where where does Tracy's Crab Shack have an outpost that you saw? You know, I didn't it's a very for, popular for, restaurant. They they refer to, I believe, as the culinary center of Alaska. Is that what Padma said? She was mm, number very one culinary destination, is what she said. Number one culinary destination, which can is mean so many things. Art. It is the most popular restaurant in Juneau in terms of how many people visit and buy crab. Well, that's like because it's like... next to the door cruise ship that's what i was gonna say is if you're counting cruise ship people then you're sort of gaming the system yeah they're not really people um does anybody else have a (laughs) either a in alaska thought or a cheaper version of thought i have a cheaper i have a cheaper sarah okay ketchup Mm. oh yeah that's a great one yeah that is a very good answer i think i'm probably with that fancy ketchup is fine it's just not as good well it's not as familiar yeah that's I think Richard Blaze had a podcast where he was talking about this, where he's like, ketchup is the one thing like no chef should ever make because you can't make ketchup that's better than Heinz. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There's there a, uh, maybe it was a Gladwell book. There's like this whole like sort of like thing where it's like, why is ketchup different than mustard? Uh, where it's like ketchup is Colors. color. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> 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 uh, that like basically cheap mustard, uh, like French is like, gets like blasted out of the water with all these other really good uh, mustards, right? And like those are those are better options. But there isn't a better option than Heinz because of the, um, I think amplitude was the word, where it's like it basically shifts really well in a smooth way between um, like uh, sweet and sour uh, and salty. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and like, so the flavor balance. So basically in order to uh, have it be like stronger, you have to kind of like spike on one of the flavors uh, where it's like, oh, it's going to be a really big punch of like basil or whatever it is. But like you kind of, miss that kind of like nice like kind of rolling uh like transition as a result and so that's why it's really tough to beat the only thing i could think of and i I completely agree but the only thing i could think of that would be that i've had this ketchup that was also interesting was ketchup that had a a, a hint of sriracha in it sriracha that because the one thing that the heinz basic mix the perfect mix that you're talking about does not have is any spiciness so getting a little spicy is kind of fun yeah yeah depending on the mood i like cheap hot dog buns Oh, oh no! Totally agree, hundred percent. Cheap hot dog buns for the win. Yeah, yeah, that's another good answer. They're more like wheat based, and they kind of like crumble in a like they in the, like they're like they're, they're a little stiffer than you want them to be. Or like Lizzie's roll sneak peek, it makes everything too dry and claggy. Yeah, if you sometimes the nicer buns, are, the, the bread to to hot dog ratio is off, or they're mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, there's just like too much breadiness, too much doughiness. Um, I'll take sunglasses also for the thing I want of the cheaper. Um, oh yeah, I disagree. Because yeah, they have a hundred percent loss ratio. Yeah, exactly. Given, any You're given totally month. okay losing it. It does not break your heart. Uh, and like it, it's like I think it's they're meant to be disposable. The, the other thing I'll say on, on uh, Alaska one time, um, it was much buggier than I expected it to be. 
Um, sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, That's sorry. what I've heard. Uh, Lots of uh, mosquitoes. Speaking of cheap sunglasses, I want to shout out Dad of the Pod, my dad, who got like he's obsessed with this brand called Gooder Sunglasses. That's the thing for dad right. to be obsessed with. I like this a lot. It's a perfect dad sunglasses. New sponsor brand. of the show, Gooder Sunglasses. Gooder without an E. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course not. Like, Gooder with an E was dot com was already taken. All fun. Oh my gosh. Oh good doctor. But he got like uh like sets of those sunglasses for everyone in my and Sarah's family one year. And they're like <laughs> either twenty or thirty dollar sunglasses. They only have two different designs and they're great. Like they aren't expensive, they do their job, and they're the only sunglasses I can wear and like have my phone open up on the first shot. Oh, wow. oh, interesting! Yeah, that they're very recognize clear, <laughs> and that they never obscure or protect your face. Like, what are, uh, what are we talking about? I don't about? know what that means. I do find their sun protection just fine, actually, and they uh, grip your face really well when you're hiking. So, well, I, mean, I also like they've got kind of a cool flamingo logo. So, listen, if if this is inter- interesting to you, we are not actually getting paid for this at all, but just go to goodoctor.com <laughs> for your sunglasses. Oh, jeez. I went, I, yeah, I had family that used to live in Sitka, so I've been to Alaska a few times. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, what, what, yeah, um, that's it? Nice? It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. I, um, I feel like I, they have a lot of ravens, which like, I don't know if you all now live in places with ravens. We don't currently live in places, a place that has a lot of ravens. No. So I associate ravens and slugs, very large slugs with Alaska, mm. um, which I I have to say, you see enough slugs and you start getting charmed. It's weird, but nice. I was, uh, uh, I have no, I don't, I don't I have no idea how to tell a raven from a not raven. They're very big. They're larger. They're big and glossy. But they're, sometimes they're, their yeah, beak shape is a little different. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're, they have a different like noise that they make that's pretty oh, They're tormenting you for, uh, like, you know, and you're in a Poe poem, right? Like, that's the issue. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. If I just killed are, somebody, that's yeah. different. Yeah, they're, they're always quoting. Why did I do it? <laughs> no, that's a beating heart, man. Oh, that's a different yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you also won't be bricked up into a wine cellar, so let's just keep it. Keep it untwisted, huh. shall we? Why do you yeah. do any of this? <laughs> Speaking of crab, yeah, we should get into this episode, I guess. Um, Seriously. Uh, all right. So, like I said, season 10, episode 14 of the show. Let me introduce you to the challenge. The chefs disembark from their upside down lamp cruise nightmare. Mm. Um, and like so many creatures found in the Bering Sea, they're immediately caught in a trap. This is a tourist trap, a food court, a food cart on the dock called Tracy's King Crab Shack, Tracy's King Crab Shack, um, that I would guess makes more money on t-shirts than selling crab. Um, if you looked at the layout of the Crab Shack, it's like two-thirds t-shirt store and one-third uh, crab store. It's like stand-up, right? It's in the merch. It's all in the merch. So many things are. Uh, the chefs have 30 minutes to prepare a crab dish for a chance to win $5,000. And since there are literally no chefs in Alaska, they are cooking for guest judge Sean Brock, a Southern food evangelist and maker of Jimmy Red cornbread mix available in grocery stores everywhere, and I assume due to a horrible uh, cornbread accident as a child, is incapable of smiling at any point during the episode. Yeah, he's mm. a, he also a sad character. 
<laughs> yeah, he folds his long plane journey into like his judging criteria. It's like I was on a plane for fourteen hours. So you better make me crab I like. Which is, well, I don't care, sir. The thing I love about this is that like, so we you know we ship right like all like the the Alaskan food out right, uh, and I like we had to like ship like yeah uh, like chefs in to taste it as well. It's like oh that's yeah. true. So Same. this is the the crab is so fresh it's never been on an airplane, but the judges are so stale from having been on an airplane. For the same amount of time honestly i'd rather get off a 14-hour plane journey than a three-day cruise well uh yeah also the plane journey into alaska is incredible that last hour half hour where you're going like over and around the state is so unbelievably beautiful um wow at least when i was going into anchorage because you're like up the coastline you're all in the, you're obviously in a little tiny alaska airplane and it is just gorgeous oh it's crazy good well maybe so, sean committed too hard to his stupid sunglasses look and so he didn't see any of that i just think i think something was going on like i think there's an entire story to why sean brock was so pissed off to be there no like, he's always like that i think he's he's a he's a love actually i really like him a lot but he always is kind of like that is the mind of the chef? Yeah, yeah, if you've watched his mind of a chef series, uh, oh, insights. Yeah. Interesting. I, I was what wondering if he like went to Seattle thinking this was Top Chef Seattle, and then he got here there, and they were like, "Yeah, they're in Alaska now," and he just immediately <laughs> got on a plane. You just <laughs> missed him. <laughs> I guess the, the only the only other thing I wanted to point out that we didn't talk about is the logo slash like visual identity for Tracy's King Crab Shack. Yeah, let's talk about which that. is uh, a you know Tracy ostensibly a pinup gal with uh, yes. King Crab legs instead of lady legs. Yeah. <laughs> the first couple of times you're like, oh, something happened there. And then you're like, oh. And then you're like, wait, so I'm coming to this shack to eat your legs? And then, I, I don't know. And then I guess you just black out like yeah, Megan. Well, she's a mermaid. Tracy's leg. She's a mermaid, but like a, a you know, a crab, crab, crab style. Crab, crab we'll talk about and <laughs> you know those famous are crab we, mermaids. Are you, are you confident that her legs are crab legs? Yes, yeah, I'm very very Oh my god, I didn't see it. I thought you didn't. <gasps> I thought you were just. I don't know. <laughs> you were doing I by had, not mentioning this up front, but I was like, I, I think that's why the merch it. is popular. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> it. I, oh my god, her legs are so gnarly. I'm pretty horrified in many ways. Because they are still, they're still shaped like lady legs. Well, they're still thighs and calves. What's well, so, yes. Yeah, she's also oh, yeah. They're, it's the shape, but then they're jaggedy. <laughs> Just they're so jaggedy, and, and then they're jammed into high heels that are not practical when your feet are already high heels. Yeah, when you've already got here. points for feet. But, but, mm. but let's let's unpack this world a little bit more. All right. So yes, please. So Tra- Tracy, all right. So she's all dressed up. She has shoes that you know are made for these crab legs. Um, uh-huh. She is also separately wearing a like a captain's hat and holding. Oh, well, yeah, so she is captain, which I think is impressive. Although her dress and her high heels don't seem super boat when practical. You, well, yeah, Captain sets the dress code, Alex. Yeah, it's up to her. Uh, but also, she's holding <laughs> another crab as well. So, like in this world, there are crab people and it's just straight crabs. And so, yeah, is she holding the crab like this is my half sister? Like, <laughs> I feel like kind of dangle. Like it's sort of like it's like sort of like a like a like like two fingers on like one of the legs. It's kind of dangling off. Where it's like, hey, I got a crab right here for you. It's like that. Oh my god, you guys! Yeah. This is the most horrifying logo I've ever I seen. Think she was, <laughs> I, here's my here's my here's my story of it. I think so. She was originally like all human, right? I think she uh, was cursed by like sure, the, yeah, by the, by the king of the sea, uh, like you know, like uh, king 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 crab. 
Sure. Um, uh, or spurned. Yeah, and, and I think then she's like she got turned into half, uh, you know, crab on the on the bottom parts. But then also she's like, you know, what I will seek my revenge on all the crabs of the sea by feeding them to people. Uh, and 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 so like I am like. Uh, so she she sided entirely with people over crabs. Oh, definitely for sure. Well, and she she also uses her sexy crab legs to entice male crabs to come towards her, and then oh, she feeds them to humans. That makes a lot. Of oh, sense okay, Siren Tracy. Yeah, reverse Siren Tracy. <laughs> right with her with her tiny kitchen and her large t shirt shop. <laughs> I I'm so glad you mentioned this because I cannot stop looking at these horrifyingly. <laughs> This is the worst thing I've ever seen. They kept shooting, like, they kept on, like, slipping in B-roll of the sign. And every time I was like, am I sure those are crab legs? Am I sure those are And eventually I became certain. But it was just a, it was a real distraction. I'll put a link in the show notes to this because it is worth looking at. All right, so. The thing you can see is that Tracy on the logo seems pretty happy with her whole situation. That's the best yeah. thing you can possibly say about it. Now I went to the Wendy of Wendy's vibe. Yes, although to be fair, Tracy, who actually started the Crab Shack, looks nothing like this person. Oh, I'm shocked. She's She's blonde. Whatever. This is this is like a this is a a mascot. You know, so not canonical in real life is what you're trying to say. I appreciate that you felt the need to mention that, Chris. I don't know. I mean, all the shots of Tracy are from the waist up, so we have we have no way of confirming. Oh my god! And so, I don't, so this is a real conscious choice, relatively recently, because I have a uh, a sign that's just like Tracy's King Crab Shop, and just it's just a pot in the logo for this one. So mm. like they really, this is like this is not like they had this since the fifties. It's like this is probably last like you know ten twenty years that they made went this direction. Yep. I, right. so. I think Tanya just mentioned that Tracy's kind of like Wendy's from uh-huh. or Wendy from Wendy's. For this analogy, what is the bottom half of Wendy? Is it a hamburger bun or the bottom half of a cow? It's a cow. No, here's, it's here's a square the thing. patty. I was gonna say it's square. Whatever it is, it's square. It's like two She's, French fries legs, and they're uh, being dipped into a frosty. Yes. Oh. Shaped like high heels for some reason. <laughs> All right. So Josh scuttles into the bottom with his crab succotash and superfluous bacon. And Lizzie Why, sinks Why? with her crab frittata a la charcoal and biomass of capers. Biomass is also a crab joke. Oh, Brooke impresses with her big crab toast with little crab butter. But Sheldon's win- Sheldon wins the day for his crab brain soup and tree garbage asparagus, which hey. we should have all seen coming since he's the only chef with shell in his name. Uh, oh. Ding. Ding. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, boy, Josh puts bacon in too many things. Sure. It was, it was nice to see a Southern chef tell him that to his face. It was amazing to just see him like so efficiently ripped to pieces. Uh, he's <laughs> going through it, though. I mean, I'm sorry. His brain is in the hospital with his wife right now. To be That's familiar. true. His, his wife you. is um, dilated to the size of um a no, large no, rack. No, I'm going into a tunnel. <laughs> I just was gonna. I just needed no. to say bacon somewhere no. in there. I just needed <laughs> superfluous bacon. When that baby comes, he's gonna swaddle it in bacon. I mean, that oh, like bacon, su- baby. extra just, bacon mm. is his name. That's his favorite thing to do. I think there's. I think this is just. We're just watching like. 
a plan that he thought he was going to be okay with that turns out not to be okay come to fruition in this like kind of terrible slow motion way where he was like, I sure can be on this reality show instead of being <laughs> with my wife while she has our first child. <laughs> and like, it's just like very slowly but steadily overcoming him that like, this yeah. is a terrible choice. And yeah. and I, and I do feel bad about that. Cause I can see where like, but the opportunities that will afford me and my family, like, it's just, <laughs> very uncomfortable and unfortunate so sorry about you josh yeah that's so true although he did say he was doing this for the baby so when the yeah. baby is older and watches this and is like why weren't you there when i was blacked out in alaska you'd be like yeah tv I was blacked out in alaska <laughs> <laughs> i was baconed I'm, out in alaska ripped to shreds by sean brock <laughs> so, did we ever find out was this worth it for josh yeah that's what, he, what i was curious about did like, he do well Ooh, that's a good question yeah has his profile raised um, in the last 10 years or so? Does the does his kid still talk to him? I was more worried about his wife, but I guess we can focus on the kid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, how mad is she about this? I mean, maybe she, I hopefully they've worked through it and it's completely fine. I think yeah. they made this plan together. In my in my imagination this was a decision they made together and then they are yep. both just I living with so. how it turned out. Um although I still do not like josh that much um one thing that made me like him a little more is megan pointed out he is wearing a hat from sheldon's restaurant oh yeah nice. it's like uh footballers tr- swap jerseys you know yeah it's That's really nice. sweet yeah and that means like sheldon just had like either yeah either gave him his own hat off his head or he had like extra hats in case anyone liked him either way i think it's cute <laughs> oh, no his mom left packed him like left his oh, god it's i can't talk today <laughs> Uh, Sheldon's mom packed him extra hats to be like, maybe if you make a friend, so cute. It's so cute. Um, uh, also we got, cause we haven't had this in at least 10 minutes. We got, um, an update from Sheldon on a food that he does not have in Hawaii. Yep. Was Turns that fine? Most of them. Well, yeah. It's just extremely expensive to have that food in Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, also, this episode started with everybody in one of the staterooms um, just talking about how great Stefan is, and I was not here for that. Well, I think it's nice to know that that's how he was thought of, you know? Yeah, and, like, if he is does have a good heart, why didn't he show that on the interviews one time? They probably edited that stuff yeah. out. Yeah. Maybe oh, that's he was true. saying like super nice things about everybody, and, and then they, know. and then at the end of it, he's like, "Also, I got laid in a boat," and they're like, "Good, we got it." Yeah, no, it was, uh, like, in the background, he was like fundraising for UNICEF. We just it never made the the like actual edit. <laughs> well, the other thing is like that they were awful. smiling a lot about Stefan not being there anymore. So it was a lot of like, "Oh yeah, he was really charming. Good for him. Yeah. We're so glad yeah. he's gone, so he can go be charming somewhere else." <laughs> he can go charm more people that aren't us. <laughs> um, which sounded better to you guys, the uh, miso soup of brains or the uh, crab toast? Crab toast. It's tough to crab not toast. Have. Yeah, crab Both looks pretty good, honestly. Listen, mm-hmm. Chef Carrie's right. Fancy toast sells. I know. Truly. Also, um, I, I did want to try that smoked asparagus with the pine needle. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, think, I think the miso soup is more my culinary steez generally mm. but uh yeah i, I don't think know but probably if you good. were running a, a crab shack themed on selling the chef's legs you would 
sell more crab toast than you would miso soup with brains and innards. That's my guess. Certainly, yes. Yeah, especially for people that are, you know, dazedly getting off of a large ship. Yeah. I think they're going to they're gonna be comforted by a thing they know on top of another thing they know. Yeah, and then they realize a dollop of that butter is $30 before you get to the bread <laughs> and the crab. She made butter out of just they had extra crab lying around. So she's like, I'll put a couple of crabs into this butter. I like I like the idea of like what those crabs like find out they're used for afterwards. We're like like huh, just just a little bit of butter. That's all. Just in the butter, my, my whole life. That was it. <laughs> but I mean, also butter is good, so I I, I get it. Like yeah, maybe I'd feel okay. Well, about but that. also you have to understand it. Like they're just lowly dungeness crabs. Anything they could do to serve the king. Is there mm. it, like yes. makes sense? Is there an I guess I'm just picturing like. This show that Ez is going to have that's like interviews with former food, where it's like, what <laughs> were you used for? Interviews <laughs> like, with Pickard, former food. And you're like, a milkshake? Wow. <laughs> I like this also because this is kind of what I think whenever I have to throw food away, where it's like, it's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't get to you in time. <laughs> you deserved better than this spinach bag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, that is a great show. Everybody tune in for that show. I would watch that. Okay, Elimination. We move from the one main sea export of Alaska to the other main sea export of, of Alaska. For the Elimination Challenge, the chefs are charged with taking salmon and bread and under no circumstances making a sandwich. First, they, it did feel like a trap, didn't it? Especially since crab toast had just done so well. They're like, if you put another piece of bread on top of this, you've ruined it. Yeah. The ratios um, are very important. But ratios so, and what we were saying about the sopping up the sauce, you know? True. Yeah. First, the chefs must take a 31-year-old starter, um, which has already accomplished more in its life than I have, and bake their own bread in their Airbnb and then use fish uh, who are alive and having a great time swimming around the ocean just like an hour ago and turn them into a dish for the Gold Creek Salmon Bake, a crucial event where the locals of Juneau, Alaska must eat enough calories to last through the winter. Mm. Can I can I flex slightly on sourdough for, for for yes okay so the way they do this is insane in that everyone's baking and no one is measuring like weighing out anything like yeah. that is bonkers like 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 that that is why like you you like no one would be doing this and be like oh like because because I don't think they even said like what their um like what the ratio the hydration of uh the sourdough was was like how much no water. I'm sure there was a lot of printout on that sourdough I think they were given a, a lot of yeah. yeah. Uh that yeah. makes me feel a little better. But because otherwise I don't know how they all could have turned out bread that was good. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, all the bread was bread, pretty much successful. Bread, which is mind boggling. Sure. It was all bread, which is amazing. And but there was one that was like baked before. A really bad crumb. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But like I'm trying to make sourdough with yeah. weighing everything, and it's yeah. not going great, guys. Way, way oh. even more, Chris. Double weighing, triple weighing. <laughs> I know. Whale, uh, weigh, weigh twice, bake once. Mm. Uh huh. Unless you're making a potato and then bake twice. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that. Um, the chefs then have to serve a murderer's row of unalaskan chefs: Emerald Hugh and Sean Grumpo Brock. Josh first <laughs> gives birth to a, a garlic soup. Um, while his wife is home alone taking um, the bun out of the oven. Like their baby, the soup comes out fine, but a little garlicky. Yeah. Um, Sheldon does fine also with his pea soup and chum, despite 200 previews we watched showing, telling us that if you serve chum to anybody who's not a dog, they will die immediately. No. Well, and despite having kind of a it's cold okay. package. What? Ch- chum means friend. That's why, that's why you knew he was going to be okay. 
it's so nice. Well, actually, when they were saying like when he was acting like he didn't know that that was the worst salmon, it seems like the name would indicate this is not the top choice salmon. No, but he took a look at the texture and it was oilier. It was a little smokier. And he was like, right. And then they edit it to make him look like an idiot. And I was really frustrated by that. This seems like classic kind of like. It's not quite food snobbery, but it's like food goggles, right? Like if you grow up in a place where you're told <laughs> constantly like this is not food that humans eat, then you would probably be a little leery of it. Like they showed all those people being like, this is what now? Chum? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> and like seeming really shocked by it. But it's not like the food is inedible or it's bad. And I think it's it's actually was really cool to see someone who doesn't have a preconceived notion of what this food can and can't be used for, like just use it really successfully. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and um, I, this is a great point and one that is echoed by Bridget, um, who says that fresh chum is so good. I had it during a run in Seattle when I was visiting and it's it's not at all a bad fish. I guess if you're inundated with sockeye every day, you get spoiled. So, yeah, that's definitely food goggles situation. Mm-hmm. Food goggles, by the way, um, the newest product from Goo Doctor, GooDoctor.com. <laughs> all your specialized eyewear needs oh also analogically it looks like the 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 chum for this and like the that's that's a that's a different that's a different word thing so uh this is called chum because it's the chinook uh uh term for uh some like some uh t-z-u-m i guess means spotted or marked uh and there's a separate like chumming is american english from uh which is the practice of like luring things in so it's like it's completely it's not and then chum, chum for chum. friends is so when i have friends and i use the word chum is it coming from because my friends are all spotted or is it because i lured them in <laughs> it could be both i don't know tell me about your friends how'd you, <laughs> how'd you, how'd you make friends there did you give them a hat? i only have i have exclusively freckled friends and also they all want to leave <laughs> or you have friends that you'd feed to dogs but you still like them <laughs> These are really well-fed dogs in this area. Um, I guess I just, this is also the introduction of like a uh, sort of condescending Padma, which I like don't love to see. Nah, not um, a great look, Padma. I, yeah, it's not, it's not a great look on any of them. There's also, there's some choice moments from Hugh in this that I really didn't appreciate yeah. at all. Everyone Hugh is does just, condescending more uh, efficiently than anybody else. Yeah, there's just some, ugh. There's a lot of ugh in this. Also, the extremely efficient erasure of indigenous people, which I found to be very distressing throughout the entire episode. And sorry, Chris, I yelled so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, way to um, go to Alaska, I guess. And yeah, the 1800s is certainly a long time ago. And definitely the first time that people were doing things in Alaska. Mm-hmm, that's the notable. most important thing uh, that anyone's ever eaten in Alaska is the stuff that they put in their packs when they showed up and discovered it for the first time. Yeah, those pioneers. <laughs> super great people. <laughs> 201. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you were pleased, though, at least to see that instead of indigenous people, we did get the best chefs that southern u.s has to offer oh yeah brought in all those southerners to come talk about it yeah that was kind of adding insult to injury there wasn't it so weird um uh brooke wins the day for her salmon broth and dill sourdough with mustard seed caviar which is kind of a fun play on um the fact that there's caviar all around you she wins a trip for two to costa rica where she will see uh, the plantations where keurig house brand green mountain coffee gathers their beans as cheaply as possible before ruining them (laughs) and putting them in tiny garbage cans for your really efficient office coffee but as megan pointed out it doesn't matter because brooke won't have time to go on either of these two trips she's won because she owns a restaurant so (laughs) yes Take the money value. Take the cash value. Exactly. You're never going to go. Sadly, uh, Lizzie took the bait and made a sandwich. And so she went from yes to no thank you. (laughs) 
<sighs> I, it's not as good as yours, but I needed to do it. Yeah, kind of the well, thing. Um, I I found out, guys. If you're, if you're wondering, I found out why you call friends chums. It's a different meaning. It's a third chum. Yeah. I was thinking that that seems like a non-North uh, American indigenous name. No yeah. matter where you go with a word, it'll end up at chum eventually. Yeah, all words become chum. So all, <laughs> all words lead to chum. Uh, so this was a uh, friend, uh, intimate companion coming from the 1680s, uh, probably from uh, chum, like like chamber, basically, a chambermate, like a roommate. So Oh. Yeah. Also chamber pot. That's where my friends pot. <laughs> it's a bunny a pot. Chum is like a fancy version of roomie. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. Right. That's kind of cute from back when your friends had to live with you or you'd never see them because like horses were too expensive yeah you just couldn't get places well now we have that with the quarantine you know yeah that's true we're back to we're back to chum nice work chum good seeing you again um so uh well we appreciate the entomological lessons on all words uh, that end up in chum um let's see what else what else jumps out of you guys from the cooking of that challenge were you were you really worried for sheldon that his package wasn't warm enough do you think that was going to really hinder his performance I no. I thought he had it like under control. I felt like he had a good approach to to package warmth. Yeah, I, I was mostly worried about the bread that everybody made. Frankly, you know, yeah, no one had like, so focused on the bread. So focused on the bread. I mean, really good salmon. You really just cook it simply, and it shines. I mean, so like them not really spending that much time focused on the on the grilling, even though those massive flippy cage grills were awesome. That was pretty um, cool. Like you know. It was mostly about the, you know, what they did with the bread and the sauce, it, it seemed like. And uh, accordingly, Lizzie went home. Yeah, and it, it does feel fitting that she went home for basically um, the thing that Tom lectured them about earlier, which is when you add something that's well-seasoned to something that is bland, yes, you don't get well-seasoned. Yes. It was um, so- that her little slider was so weird compared to the other dishes because everyone said like I'm making a soup of some sort. When you look at it, it looked like something really appetizing and interesting. And then when her plate came out, it was just a salmon slider. Well, and you can tell, especially because we had that hot dog bun conversation, you could just tell from looking at it, there's a lot of bun to a very little bit of flavor in the middle. It just looked too bready for a sandwich. It just, it, yeah, yeah I, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't know what the sort of like, I, I guess it was making something simple and tasty, but like, it didn't look like a top chef dish. Plus, because she made these incredible rolls, if she just had a really saucy or soupy dish that the roll could be used to get some dippings in. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Next, what's next? You know, and. I was so worried throughout the episode because I had, you know, no memory of, of who went home, whether it was Lizzie or Sheldon or Josh. Right. And, uh, you know, like as soon as we know who it isn't. But after that, the memory yeah. is failing. <laughs> exactly. So Lizzie was like, oh, I'm just going to put the salmon inside the roll. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah. And then partway through, she was interviewed and she was like, the salmon's going on the roll. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. She said on, not uh... in. Oh, my goodness. And then it turns out she meant in. No, that's, and... the roll is like a weird little mouth and the salmon is the tongue. Ah! <laughs> yeah. which like the emulsifier the I nasty I, business uh, no 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 but i the thing that i also i think just as we because you know for prior to or wait what am i trying to say the last time we watched this season chris and i had not made nearly as much salmon as we have now like yeah, uh-huh. as much yep, salmon yep yep and so, like watching I'm glad you the way they treated it and not created it from not scratch. Created, that's gross. I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't. Congratulations want to do this. on spawning. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, our Brooklyn-based salmon farm is hydroponic, and it's in our backyard, and it's not up to code. And it is distressing. Uh, cooked as much salmon is what I said the first time, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, yes. I heard. And so... But the, watching the way that they, like each chef treated the, the actual product was yes. really interesting. Yes. And I yes. also felt viscerally upset watching Sheldon like do whatever tong that tong it. thing oh, was. Oh, yeah. Because it was like really incredible salmon. Like you, it's like a nice piece of like paper or like fabric or something. Like, like you, like every time you touch it, you're pork. like, oh, my finger oils, why? And like, yeah. So having somebody just like kind of stab at it like that or like, you know, grab hunks of it and stuff it into this weird little roll yeah. it was like, oh, I don't I don't like it. I don't want it. Like, why are you Both doing of them were this? treating it kind of like pulled pork, just very aggressively. I wonder yeah. if part of it is that they didn't have to go shopping. Like if they had had to pay for the salmon, they might have treated it a little differently. Uh, yeah, I guess. But like, you you know, they plucked it from ice. Yeah. Everybody was saying how from, special was that free. experience was. They were just was. hanging out by the ocean <gasps> and someone okay, delivered them all this salmon. This is Alex. the problem with like, ugh. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you can't respect a fish when you've seen it die in front of you, I'm not sure you should be a cook. Like, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Like, I, it's just like, I think that that situation is engendered to bring out the most respect for ingredients, not the least. Well, but all, one of the things it seemed like was that they used very little of each of their salmon because they just had so much extra giant fish. So I'm just saying like the, there was no sense of scarcity. And so that might have made them treated a little less well, respectfully. They had to feed 200 people. They had to use a lot of it. That's true. They had to get yeah. all of those Alaskans fat for the winter. Just, just so you know, this is all going in my show of, of what did you become after you died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just tongued into a little I piece got tongued. I can't believe it. Uh, I like, listen, I like the tongue. <laughs> okay, great. That's, that's I, you're from a pulled pork culture, Kyle. Yeah, you're used to like meat being shredded. <laughs> this is how you show respect is you tong something. Make me not that's have to do because you love. <laughs> The thing, but I will say, like, and this, I, I, again, I totally bow to like editing for time, whatever they actually needed to do behind the scenes to make this episode work. But in this episode, and also in like the Taylor Shellfish Farm episode, there's no person from the like supplier end who I know, stands there in some boots. At the hydraulic yeah. controllers as if she was running the crane yeah, as on if the it's boat. Like mystery boat comes in from ocean <laughs> and then gives you forklift of fish and like thank you ice fish. Like where was the where were the people? It was Poseidon. Like, that... It was Poseidon's bounty. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Just like but they could get Poseidon yeah. to sign a release, so we never saw his face. <laughs> I guess and and to me like that that guy that guy we didn't see or maybe that woman we didn't see mm -hmm. in a pair of boots. Or that person, non-binary person, standing on the boat who could have told them, hey, this type of fish is this. And this type of fish we only feed to dogs, question yeah. mark. Like, that would have been a reasonable interaction, an expected interaction. Yeah. Like, having a little bit of that storytelling about, like, yeah, we do fish in Alaska. And it is really hard and brutal. And, like, this is our life. Blah, 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 blah. Like, any of that would have been completely acceptable and just didn't happen. The injury rate on our trip, on our boats, are 100%. Yeah. It's like football. If you are interested, there is um, a whole network dedicated to shows about fishing on the Bering Sea. So you could check out Discovery Channel anytime you want. Um, do they have do. like football equipment and like and jerseys as well? Because that's that's what I want. I want different. Is that what you're into? You're into it for the helmets? Yes, I want teams. Uh, I, I want. I want. Uh, yeah. There are teams. They wear matching hoodies a lot of the time on the crab mm, boats. I don't like have... only hoodies. That's not enough flash. Mm. I need more. Well, but there's a lot of water going on around. Uh, that's not. That's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay good point it is poseidon's fault um yeah it is i mean the, this one was a little bit less creepy than the shellfish but the but that's such a good point about how both times where they would normally interact with employees who do this job they were like don't show them 
make it secret. Well, right. And it's it's not as though the chefs didn't have that information. They wouldn't have been calling the different varieties of fish that they were picking up by their names when they were doing that if they, you know, necessarily if they didn't know that. Um, but we didn't see any on camera. And, you know, instead we got chefs talking about how special the experience was to have that fresh fish, but in their own words and not not from a PR perspective. You know? I do. It's so interesting about how about this fish for dogs. This is such an expensive way to feed dogs. And really? the idea that you're just like pulling this beautiful fish out. It's not like it was garbage fish. It looks very similar to the other ones, has a slightly different yeah. fat content and apparently tastes really good. It is weird that they're that snobby about this well salmon. i think the boats catch all the salmon that they can and then the chum ones aren't aren't going to the premium sale price so they're sort of like bycatch maybe yeah but bycatch that's like almost indistinguishable from the other ones to most people yeah yeah it's got because um, it's we know that it's, from the name now what it's got spots we know that from the name well it's true it's spotted yeah exactly although um it's like they're it's not like they pulled up and like well this is our salmon and these are a bunch of sea slugs that only idiots eat it was like it looks very similar yeah Bear would eat it. Um, bear would definitely. Speaking eat it. of which, yeah, family of bears. Which I, as soon as the bear appeared, I was like, I'm sure that is just a stock footage of a bear they used. And then Tom's like, Hey, there's this bear in the tree right now. The, I, did anyone else <laughs> have the thought that maybe Kristen was also up in the tree, just sort of like waiting for her chance to keep on going? <laughs> well, because last night the bear was in jam. that same cooking area, mm-hmm. so she might have been just standing just off camera all the time watching. In a tree, that's a better place to be. It's a better outlook. I just, I guess, I, I don't know if we just don't have to have a healthy fear of bears because we're in Alaska now. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, wait. So not only is it a bear, it's the worst kind of bear to encounter in the most dangerous situation you can yeah. encounter. Like, oh, and a mama bear and her young. Maybe, How and what are you doing? You're handling their favorite food. Uh, yeah. Maybe instead they're not worried because it's Alaska and everyone is heavily armed. I oh. my, my theory about bears is you just as long as you have something they want to eat more than you you're good and so you just you keep a couple of uh, you know extra salmon on the side for, for uh, awesome, right so you, you, you chum the dirt <laughs> oh, this is where that practice of throwing the fish at the market comes from it's you <laughs> yes. get a bear far away from you and then you skedaddle mm-hmm. yeah yeah you don't have to, yeah you don't have to be the fastest you just have to be faster than that salmon who is on land. <laughs> <laughs> Which you probably are. Um, Odds are. uh, It's also, you know, I think one of the things that makes bears more dangerous is when they are hungry. And the fact that they are in the season where they are so fat probably makes them a little less likely to attack people. They don't want to mess with us. They would much prefer to eat berries and salmon. But Is this um, why they're called berries? Yep. Cool. I mean, no one could ever know that but you. So <laughs> yeah, don't interrogate that. I'm sure if you look up the etymology of this, it comes from, you know, some, like, these are the roommates that are fruit. Um, <laughs> if I, I miss but... Bing it, that's what I'll find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Microsoft Bing it. Um, all right. So let's jump into Last Chance Kitchen now with uh, Lizzie gone. She is returned immediately to the scene of her elimination to cook fish again. But this time, you can only do it over the campfires in the little versions of those big grills Chris liked so much. Yep. Um Lizzie makes a poached salmon stew that is restaurant quality, and Kristen makes a cod and a coconut broth that is also restaurant quality. Despite hungry, hungry Tomo eating more of Lizzie's, but way more of Lizzie's, like a like a kind of a freaky amount of Lizzie's dish, he gives the win to Kristen, and she is one victory away from completing her swim upstream and rejoining the competition. Uh, conspiracy corner again, like. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, this is even clearer where Tom's like, yeah, you made such a good dish, Lizzie. Like, that would have won in the other competition. But this is the competition for Kristen getting back on the show. So <laughs> it's tough. You're not Kristen, Kristen so kitchen. you unfortunately are unable to win this challenge. Yeah, you're ineligible for not being Kristen in Last Chance Kristen. <laughs> yeah, this is both good dishes. I, but ultimately, I won with one who was made by someone named Kristen. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very possible thing. I, my thought is less conspiratorially is that you eat more of something because you're not sure how you feel about it, not because yeah, you're hungry. Trying to like get all the flavors or I don't know. Is, yeah, maybe just like hmm, is this better? Let me try a few more bites and see if I can tell. Um, yeah, just a guess. Yeah, no, I think that's a good guess. I mean, it feels like a yeah. If you're and especially when you know you're making a very big important decision. Like yeah. You want to make sure like, you have Kristen all the you should information. Allow into the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns out it was Kristen, not not Kristen. <laughs> um, there was another picture right? of that guy. Oh yes, uh, we found Andy Cohen again. Did you guys uh, find Andy yeah. Cohen? This time, his frame photo was in a in a tub, um, a bus tub, not like a bathtub, but he was like in the Kicking bus in the tub, tub next to the food. They, yeah. they just carry Andy around with them, which is I don't know. I'm starting to find it a little charming, but maybe well, it's creepy. I don't know. Now that I've now that we've seen it this many times, I'm confident that he's in every one and we just hadn't been looking for him. Yeah. I bet that's a thing they did this season. He's Bravo's Waldo. Yes, exactly. That's what everyone calls Andy Cohen. Bravo's Waldo. Um I I'm glad at least that, that Lizzie got to do super well there at the end because um I really like her and I was sad the way she exited and I'm sad that she was sad. Um, mm-hmm. But as Megan pointed out, it's kind of strange. We haven't seen her in any of the all-stars because she went so far and was really great. I was so surprised that yeah. she went as far as she did. Like, like from, 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 I was like, from how much we remembered her. Yeah, exactly. Cause like the, right. yeah, the we was, really did not. Yeah. I wonder if she like is cooking in Europe. <laughs> and so they sort of like try to stick to people that they can get around the country quickly. Yeah, she's outside the domestic, like, or even like North American region. I, I think, think she was in San Francisco, or was she at that time? Uh, yeah, she was definitely she was definitely like cooking in the states before the competition. But I don't know if at some point she felt called to like it's also go back that she said home no. to South Africa, or like who knows? Yeah, maybe they called her and asked her to be an all star, and she said, "Piss off, I've got work to do." Yeah, yeah. I mean, not everybody wants to do the 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 camera thing, which I totally respect. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it is a huge compliment to Kristen, by the way, that everybody who comes on when they're like, who do you think it is? And I'm like, well, probably Kristen. Unless it's Bart. Yeah. But probably it's Kristen. Uh. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, forget the Bart army. All right. <laughs> Bart army. Um, okay. So before we end this episode, we have to ask our classic question from Southern Chef to Bear Cub in a Tree. How Alaska was this episode? I mean, this episode was so Alaska that at one point they showed a shot of the Space Needle and I was like, why did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> to go back to your guys' earlier point, it is really weird that we didn't meet Tracy or someone from the actual... The thing about Tracy track. is it's really hard for her to walk and so in those shoes and so she just does not get very far. Mm. I, I could, she doesn't I could, scuttle very far. I mean, I could kind of believe that maybe... We don't know this, you know, being like outsiders, but like maybe just all of Alaska is kind of run by like some ancient ones uh, that like can control the sea and like that we are, they never can be like, uh, like filmed. And that's why just like we have, haven't seen them at all. Oh, yes. So if we were to gaze upon them, our minds would shatter. I think that's probably yes. what happened. Yeah. 
Wait, and you're lumping Tracy in with them? You're even Look at those legs. She is not of this earth. Yeah, I have crab she woman is, as an ancient one. Yeah. Yeah. She's a demi crab. She is definitely a, a god. That's not a picture of Tracy. That's an a a drawn yeah. doodle <laughs> of Tracy. If you were to yeah. gaze upon her oh. true form, like, yeah. yes, it would have oh. crab legs, but it would have so much more. I can't get on with any of this. Also, <laughs> alternate theory, which is that Tracy's Crab Shack is owned by Princess Cruise Lines. Oh. And it's mm. not actually, there's no Tracy. There's just. Uh, or celebrity was the one in this, but yeah, just like it's all part of the cruise ship industry, and so there's no one interesting to interview. Well, I like. But well, now I'm just picturing a woman who's a woman on top and a cruise line on the bottom. Oh no! <laughs> oh, and she's wearing a little princess crown. That makes sense. It's weird that she jammed the whole uh, hull of that boat into two high heels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the weird part that she still has to wear high heels despite being half boat. Yeah, guys, that's <laughs> the weird part. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm just thinking of like that tug, like the the cruise ship Tracy, like having gas and just going like. It's <laughs> kind of all right with that. Are though right? Like the 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 like the the ship's hulls, right? It's like it usually is like some kind of like a maidenly type person, right? With a boat as a bottom half. Yeah. That's oh, a pirate oh yeah, yeah. That's, uh, well, that's yeah, yeah. On the prow of the yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's, just, that's lots of. Yeah, yeah. That's what she is. Yeah. That's what Tracy is. All right, let's move along into. You can get in touch with us by going to Facebook or Twitter or sending us an email. Mailbag at packyourmics.com. Checking in with the mailbag first. Um, uh, an oopsies from last week or from two weeks ago. I meant to read this from last week. Um. Uh, on Twitter at Monacant, let us know. Um, she, uh, perhaps uh, listening to this episode, perhaps you guys figured out uh, after you recorded um, when we were talking about Kwame coming back to judge, but it's actually a bunch of alumni coming back as guest judges for Portland this oh. year, which we which we did find out later um, because you told me that helped a lot. So I did go do some more reading, and apparently Megan knew this from Instagram. But um, it's what they're going to do for those of you who haven't seen this already is it's going to be a rotating group of all-star chefs at as as judges and in the in the final judgment that'll include uh blaze carrie baird nina compton tiffany Derry, gregory gordo gorday gordette gregory um melissa Kristen, edward lee kwame amar dale and brooke so nice a lot of favorites are going to be about around this season Um, yeah there's been increasing amounts of instagram content of them all like quarantining in various pairs together and like yep 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 yeah doing cute things so that's been nice yeah that's super fun um and uh, yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that i think that's a good choice and i i think i prefer that to just shipping random chefs from that i i don't know um random chefs we do know that's nice yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's nice. Plus, plus you can't get all of the um, it, like they're they're probably more available to just come hang out in a hotel for a month in Portland. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. So thanks for letting me know about that. Um, Did you guys realize that that um, the cities like pay to be featured? Yes. Mm-hmm. I did know that. Yes, and I am surprised Portland finally had enough money. I know they've bid on it several times. So it's interesting they finally had enough for their tourist budget to do it. Oh, good for them. Well, my understanding was back when Seattle happened that they were actually not asking for that much money. My assumption is that they also asked for like a, a block of hotel rooms and and some other accommodations and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, it looks like I guess Texas was the the one before, uh, and that paid six hundred thousand. Looks like it's saying so. 
Maybe. I guess I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. But it makes it makes sense because, um, as, as some of us know, filming is one of those businesses that we decided doesn't have to be a business. We we pay them to exist in our cities. You know, yeah. we're just so lucky to have them. It's like that in professional sports. Yeah, yeah. We we just want to spend all of our money to get an industry here. Well, I guess for something like Top Chef, there is like very clear tourism value. Like, I'd rather watch a for season sure. of Top Chef than a fifteen second like pure Michigan commercial. And you're yeah. probably spending more on Tim Allen to do that pure Michigan commercial than paying Top Chef to make your state look like a vibrant place where food happens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what commercial you're talking about. So I'm just filling in some blanks in my head. It's kind of uh, interesting. From living in Chicago, you get lots of Tim Allen narrated Michigan tourist. Huh. Sure. He's a big Detroit guy. Yeah. Um, so this is not letter mailed to us, but this is a uh, Twitter thread that just related to us that I wanted to bring in here. Um, so this is from uh, Chef Chang. Chef David Chang had a Twitter thread that was not watching Top Chef Seattle last week. He just happened to go on this rant based on a... So it started with this. Bloomberg had posted a story um, that was uh, that said this. It's possible 2020 will be remembered as a turning point in American history, a moment after which the nation becomes irretrievably different. That's right. It could be the year consumption of romaine and other leaf lettuce finally surpasses iceberg. <laughs> to which... David Chang went on an excellent Twitter thread defending iceberg lettuce, which, it, again, not towards us, but it felt like it was for us. So uh, it goes like something like this. Iceberg is the goat of lettuces. This opinion is wrong. Number one, stir fry your lettuce. Stir fry your iceberg. Thank you. Uh, number two, wedge of iceberg is one of the best salads. A vehicle for blue cheese, bacon, and hot house tomato. Iceberg holds its texture and watery crunch incredibly well to heat. It's clearly the only lettuce you can use on sandwiches and hamburgers, which we did talk a little bit about. Um, you cannot eat BLTs without iceberg lettuce. Romaine lettuce is a Ponzi scheme. Iceberg lettuce is the color black. It can never go out of style. Fuck kale. If you are selling iceberg stock, I will buy it all day long because in five years, people will write an article about how iceberg never went away. Don't believe the hype that iceberg is dying. <laughs> Those are way too strong opinions for iceberg lettuce like i appreciate someone like defending <laughs> it like I, I appreciate the passion but like the ratio of passion to like iceberg lettuce is pretty heavy <laughs> Truly. i mean with the one exception of stir fry your lettuce the rest of it was just like applications that we all know already that is but don't like, bring kale into this kale was just standing by yeah and yeah, that that's fun I, that was like a fun where one of the tweets was just <laughs> lashing out and got kale in the crossfire. It's a lot of lashing out, frankly. Uh, but <laughs> kale was Micah getting like eviscerated by Josie during a Josie Stefan fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, well, and then our- and, uh, sorry, I just, no, you it, go. It, oh no, I just think it also just like there's no need to pretend like we haven't all had bad experiences with iceberg lettuce like sure as a professional chef with a lot of time and like experience to practice doing interesting things to iceberg you love iceberg lettuce now like let us all go on the iceberg journey and don't assume that we can all get to your stir frying iceberg like pinnacle of awareness when we've all had like (laughs) nasty shredded iceberg lettuce in many a salad bar and have been scarred by that yes it's so rude to pretend that we've all been handed silver platter, incredible iceberg lettuce and have turned it by news at it and gone with like durable, reasonable kale instead because it doesn't get soggy and disgusting. Like calm down, sir. 
Also, the response that he's saying is that this that this thing is wrong. That for the first time we will consume a different amount, and I think it might be right. I think they might have actually done the math. Um, oh, you're right. I forgot it wasn't an opinion piece. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a thing. A study. It was a fact. Um, I mean, I think there is some room to say that iceberg has uses. We, we shouldn't pretend that we don't that there, we don't understand why it's on burgers because there's a, a thing that makes it useful. Um, he did the same thing that Curtis Stone did, which was like, there's a million uses for it. You can stir fry it. You yep, can use you it can cut it into a triangle. Yeah, right? like he, just, he ran out of cool preparations after one. So stir fry it. Maybe that's true. But the rest of it is like, also, it's just kind of good and crunchy and it's fine. So anyway, I just thought that would be interesting since we'd talked so much about it. Um, lastly, somebody answered the call that's right this letter is from bridget uh and is entitled tempora so you may recall at the end of last episode we put out the call specifically to bridget to ask Mm -hmm. why sheldon keeps failing at tempora and have i got an email for you tempora is easily one of the most finicky types of fried food traditional fried chicken is flour like sorry traditional fried chicken is flour liquid then more flour there's a lot more protein and gluten formation in the crust because the layer of flour coating is thicker and it's cooked longer, which makes it sturdier and stays crispy longer. Tempura is traditionally made with rice or a mix of rice flour and wheat flour and rice flour doesn't have any gluten at all. So the texture is more of a crisp shattering with tempura versus a crunchy chewy with fried t- fried chicken. But you have a very limited time to keep that shattering texture. That's because frying is essentially a drying out process. You're rapidly dehydrating the layer of liquidity of liquidy starch surrounding the food, creating bubbles and texture. You bring it out of the fryer and it will start absorbing moisture from the air almost immediately. And tempura doesn't have the insurance of a lot of gluten to keep it crispy. Instead, it gets chewy and even soggy, like Chris said. Wait, so if you like were in like a, a really dry, like dehumidified climate, uh, would, would your tempura last longer? That is a good question that sounds true from this first bit of science. Um, so, but the, I'm assuming, that wouldn't mean the window is infinite. It would just might be a yeah, slightly yeah. Lar- larger window. Um, Bridget continues, also, for all we know, um, that kitchen was very far away from the dining room. If you mm-hmm. watch the extras, that cruise ship had massive kitchens beneath massive dining rooms, sending up mountains of food on trays covered in cloches. So it could have been like, no matter how perfectly he fried it, just the walk time might have oh, been enough to, a to ruin it. Also, though, that's mm. deep. Yeah, just it. It. Yes, it's steaming it. Scene. I forgot about yeah. the cloche. That's a good point. Ah, Bridget, your a gift. Thank d- you so much for this comment. One more great point. Additionally, frying is super sensitive to constant heat, which you did talk about, Chris. Um, too hot, it burns. Too cold, the oil will start penetrating and make it greasy and not puff up as much. The faster the heat penetrates, the faster and bigger those pockets of steam that you talked about um, release, thus creating temp tempura texture i know you guys mentioned the roller derby episode but frying in a small electric fryer is really hard under the best circumstances because the oil temperature rapidly drops when you add food and then the fryer struggles to regain the heat it's lost in this episode brooke specifically mentioned we're on a cruise ship everything is electric yeah so that fryer that they were using on the cruise ship probably did not get itself back up to temp nearly as fast as the fryers that sheldon was used to using at home when he was not on a boat Mm-hmm. so that is the official sciencey answer that is the expert opinion from uh bridget who's been so generous uh with her time to write long answers to us and to explain food science so that is why tempura seems like a good idea to sheldon but things he maybe not maybe didn't take into consideration 
on these special circumstances that made it not as good. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very, very. It's no jokes. It's just, just good stuff. Just knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, yeah. So don't let the lack of riffing here suggest that it wasn't a good point. It was too good. There's no jokes to make about it. We don't have any riffs about pockets of air inside gluten-free flower structures. I don't have the type of intelligence necessary to make science jokes. I'm just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this also just means like probably don't order fried food on cruise ships. Ooh, or at a pop-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Or if you're disappointed by fried food in those contexts, now you know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is interesting because, like, frying is something that I I think of as, like, this is the no-fail solution. Everything tastes better fried. And it turns out it's actually, like, a real easy way to ruin food, and then the window of it being perfect is so narrow. Yeah. Everything tastes good when it's fried well. Yeah. When it's perfectly fried. But it turns out that's actually not that easy. I think yeah. braids might be a more a better like no fail solution, right? Because like Ooh, I yeah. have time for it, I guess. There's, there's still a way to fail. And there's a way to I was gonna it. say you can mess it up. Yeah. This is like what Top Chef is pointing out to us all the time. It's like, no, pretty much all the ways you think this is gonna turn out great, you can do it bad. There's always a way to ruin it. Yeah. Well, and this also kind of emphasizes just how tricky it is to be cooking in different kitchens every day. Yes. And, yeah. and and like not especially like the cruise ship, I wouldn't even thought of like the walk time being crucial to how good the food is like and they're all of a sudden in their preparation for that challenge for that dish. They have to take into consideration how far the kitchen is, the fryer is from the plates it should have uh, or from the table. This is this was cuisine, right? This is that, that they should just have like yeah. table side like vat of oil. Uh, that so. I like this idea, except that it would presumably be a tiny electrical vat of oil, and so it would not retain heat well enough. Well, and everyone gets one. Just, or just there. Oh, there's, uh, it's there's per, per tempura. Each vegetable goes in its own tiny fryer. And the fryer is dressed like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and those there clowns in an improbably small car. We found it. We found a way to make this into fun. Um, so thank you so much, Bridget. And thanks for everybody who writes in. You could send us feedback. Mailbag at packyourmics.com is the easiest way, but we're also on Facebook and uh, Twitter. We'd love to hear more from you. Um, next week, what are we doing next week? I always, oh, next week we're going dog sledding. Yeah, sort of. We're mushing. mushing. We're mushing. Yeah. Uh, mush comes from the Greek word. Uh, Meaning mush. At the end of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's it's an ancient Roman term for smushing. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized I have a question about, like, do we think that, and maybe we've talked about this before, but do we think that Alaska and Seattle, like, split the tab for this season because of the secret Alaska tack on? Definitely could be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that Celebrity Cruises paid for a portion of it, and then Alaska kicked in a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because Seattle, we're like, you know, that one city and then the entire state of Alaska. But I think, I mean, it seems like they're mostly, I don't know if they're mostly sticking to Juneau at this point. Who well, knows? No, because they, no, they go. And they dogs, yeah. yeah, they get on a oh, helicopter because right, there's helicopter. not like snow around Juneau. It's just like sort well, of cold. Can, yeah, you can see some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but no, this like, and I, I think obviously like Alaska has its statewide tourism board you know, that mm. may have ponied up as opposed to like the city of well, Juno. And, and Tanya, you brought this up a few weeks ago, but just the different ways the show has changed its funding over the years, sure. that it's possible that they are asking for way more money in season 10 than they ever had, partially for um, their increased prize budget, but also partially for other budgets and just for having more money. And so maybe it was necessary, like Seattle couldn't have enough. And they were like, well, what if we 
combined you with this other what if we barely place? feature you as a city and then go immediately to alaska <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> what if we just show pictures of the space or... needle so yeah. much of the season has been furnished by random companies like the challenge this week was like green valley coffee yes yeah like that's what the costa rica trip was furnished by yes. yeah, yeah. Fiction. Uh, green, green mountain yeah the the green mountain the search. keurig house brand yeah um i did find your your mush answer in case you're wondering I was. Thank I you. I binged it. Um, so uh, basically, it is would be from, from the French uh, marsh. So it's like to go walk, uh, and then the British oh. uh, um, and I guess they kind of like either accidentally or purposely misunderstood it into mush. Um, it's not actually used. Mush is not like used. My, my is asking what the name of this ladybug is. It's on. Her, it doesn't really have a name. My, it's just a ladybug on a coloring book. They don't all have names. You can come up with a name. Okay, you can do better uh, than that. Okay, sorry, uh, uh, Genevieve. That's Genevieve. Uh, oh, that's a good. That's a good name. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, mush is not actually used because it's like too distinct. Of a- Maya's in the background, like Genevieve. What? Genevieve, yeah. <laughs> What's your family name? Genevieve Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so, Lady Genevieve Montgomery. Lady Genevieve Montgomery, yeah, for sure. The third, obviously. <laughs> Uh, mush is not used uh, because it's too indistinctive a command for sled dogs to signal. So it's not like oh oh, it's a it's an urban legend. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, we have we have better words, better understanding of uh, of how the dogs like to have commands than than they did in like the 18th century. Really? So. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, this was worth it. I was going to make fun of you, but this was a worthwhile digression. Never make fun um, of his binging. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited binging. just to that. <laughs> I'm excited just to see some dogs in this episode because the chefs are going to show up and Sheldon's going to be the only one who doesn't have some splaining to do. Sheldon's going to show up like, have I got some fish for you? I was looking out for you this whole time. Or, or alternatively, guys, I'm so sorry. I fed all of your food to someone else. <laughs> oh, I gave the people the chum and now they know that it's good. Your secret is ruined. <laughs> I was going to say also, do we think Sheldon just saved all the chum he didn't end up needing to use for the he if, he put, if he just had a bag of chum in his backpack and he got to feed these dogs, that'd be pretty rad. He'd be pretty happy about that, I think, also. I like it. All right. Well, we'll talk about all of that next week. When we return, we have, by my count, three episodes left. Four. Uh, Four? No. Wait, well, so, so we have to eliminate Josh, and we have to eliminate Sheldon, and we have to... Um, and the finale is two people. And, and the finale is just the two people. So just three. Yeah. We have to eliminate whatever producer came up with the finale. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. History eliminated them just fine. Never forget how sad this season ends, um, even with a good result. Okay, so th- yeah, I believe three episodes left. So we got sled dogging, and then maybe LA for the last two, or is it just LA for the last one? I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. But first, sled dog. So we'll talk about that next week, um, and our final last chance, Kristen, and. Yeah, and we'll find out how Ala- if they actually met a single Alaskan in this next episode. So, so much to look forward to. Join us again for that next week. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, uh, Sarah and Kyle. Thank you. It's good to be here. And uh, go enjoy some peanut butter, Chris and Tanya. Oh, baby. And as and Sarah, it's always good to... <laughs> Sorry. Ezra and Sarah and Lady Genevieve Montgomery. The third. Uh, the third. Thanks for hanging out. The third. Really, Lady Third. That's interesting. Uh, um, long lines of ladies. Yeah, I guess so. Well, not really. In terms of days, you're not really getting that many. But yeah. Well, that's sure. true, man. Naming uh, a species where they die after a couple of days, just you have to think of a lot of names.
Yeah, you definitely want to um, convert. Uh, uh, you want a naming scheme that scales, is what you're hoping for. Right, yeah. All right, well, we'll let you go so you can take care of that emergency. Thanks for hanging out with me, uh, Chum. Aw, thanks, Chum. And uh, Chris, uh, pack your knives and stay in the salmon area. Yes. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Uh, oh, wait, that's the, other so- that's the other show. Anyway, bye. Nope. Wow. So hard.